Carlson, now Smith, he scores! Carlson, between his own legs, to Riley Smith, the Knights take a 4-1 lead. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Now at the other end, a drop pass to Claire. Oh my goodness! A glove saved by Hill! No way! No way! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Thursday, hour number two. I'd say sticks down. I'd say drop the puck. But there's no hockey, at least any hockey of consequence, until October 10th. That's when the Golden Knights will raise their Stanley Cup championship banner against the Seattle Kraken. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about the draft. And I I posed the question to Darren Millard. I'm going to pose the question in a similar way to... Chris Chapman. We'll also hear from uh, Bob Lowe's. He sat down with Darren Millard in Nashville earlier today to just kind of recap the draft and, and give a little bit more insight on the players that the Golden Knights had picked. Bob Lowe's, of course, the assistant director of player personnel with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but before we do, just kind of an overview on the draft. And And listen, I am not a draft expert. I am not a guy that's going to be able to tell you the differences between Connor Bedard's shot and Adam Fantilli's shot. Like, I'm not going to be able to tell you which guy's got the better skating or or the ability. Like, we all know Connor Bedard is a, is a can't-miss prospect. We know that. We know that the Columbus Blue Jackets feel really, really good about drafting Adam Fantilli. Uh, certainly, the Anaheim Ducks feel like they got their guy in Leo Carlson. Like, every team selects players because they believe in the skill set and they believe in the fit potentially within the organization. But the question that I posed to to Mallard, and I'm going to pose it to you, Chapman, I, I, I hate the terms winners and losers, right? Like you're talking about kids that are getting to live out their dream. Anybody that gets drafted is a winner. I'm sorry. Like I, I don't, I don't have any appetite for like older, angry fans complaining about kids because it's not the kid that they wanted. Like, it blows my mind how some, like, fans react to the draft. But was there anyone, any team, any individual, it doesn't matter, opening up to all of it, any team or individual that you know, you, you kind of leave the draft the last 48 hours saying, I like what they did there. Well, I think when you factor in everything, I, I think – as Darren said, Chicago certainly feels pretty good about what they've done. Kyle Davidson, probably a pretty happy guy leaving Nashville. Um, obviously, they acquire a couple players from from the Bruins, and then they turn around and they get the can't-miss prospect of this year's draft. So I'd say they probably feel pretty good about, about what they did. I would also say that the Winnipeg Jets are feeling pretty good about what they did. Now, I, I don't know anything about the kid that they drafted or the kids that they drafted, but I would say they had... Pretty good week. Kevin Shevel Dayoff probably also leaving Nashville a very, very happy guy. Um, obviously, the Golden Knights leaving Nashville very, very happy because they're still the Stanley Cup champions. Stanley Cup champions. So um, until someone takes that away from them, they're going to be feeling pretty good about it the, the, the whole week. You know, you want to know the beautiful thing about that? If someone took it away from them, it wouldn't happen until mm, this time next year. Yeah, and doesn't, you know what? And even matter. if someone takes it away from them, they're still the 2023 Stanley Cup champions. Forever, for eternity. So uh, the, the haters, I'm sure, I'm sure they're still going to be out there. But mm. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever be able to take away that the Golden Knights won the 2023 Stanley Cup. So I, I also like what the Chicago Blackhawks did. And not just from a draft perspective, but from a roster perspective going into next season. And, you know, we'll get a little bit more in depth as to what the the the, the trades were and the players that have, have come into the Blackhawk organization. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you've got a, a, I feel like generational is used too often. But when you look at everything that Connor Bedard might be, right, like y- you feel like you've got to use that word. You've got a guy coming in who has been the best player on his team for years and years and years. And you're going to make that jump to the National Hockey League. I don't think anyone's expecting Connor Bedard is not going to make the team out of camp next year. I don't think anyone's going to uh, believe that Connor Bedard is not going to face off against Sidney Crosby in that first shift that he plays in the National Hockey League. And it's going to be a full circle moment for Connor Bedard. But you need pieces to go around him, even if it's not going to make you good, even if it's not going to push you towards a playoff spot. There's culture and there's an ability to understand what it means to be a National Hockey League player, what it takes to win night in and night out. And that's why I like a lot of what Kyle Davidson was able to do over the course of the last 48 hours. He brought in veteran players that make you better in the interim and know how to win, know what it takes to win, have won before. That's important. Yeah, and and I think when you when you bring in a guy like Taylor Hall, former MVP, yeah, you know this guy, the guy won the Hart Trophy. I mean, he's a really good player. You don't win that by accident. So, I think you you add him to the mix, and Chicago, while while they struggled last year, I feel like there's there's some some light for this organization. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a very very long down. Turn for the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, that, that assuming that Connor Bedard lives up to the expectations, so I mean, he could turn things around very quickly. Let's talk about Bedard and expectations. What are they? I think they're going to be extremely high. What are they for you? Listen, I, I mean, I the, mean, the comparisons are essentially Connor McDavid, and that's unfair. Well, I, I, I think it's unfair to compare any player to, especially an eighteen-year-old kid. To a guy who, when it's all said and done, might be the most prolific player to ever play the game. Okay, so, and and this is this is unfair because he's not here on the program. But I do remember. Do you remember the coverage from the draft lottery? No, I I, okay. I actually wasn't here. Okay, all right. So the draft lottery was phenomenal because Mallard was on it. Not like on it in terms of he was. Interviewed, but there was a soundbite from Mallard. I'm assuming from the Chirp podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, make sure you listen to it. Uh, Darren always likes to to likes to do his thing, and and he, he he's fantastic at it. But I, I think it was a clip taken from one of the podcasts that he does, and he says he skates like McDavid and shoots like Matthews. Right? Okay, so. Whether or not that's true, whether or not that pans out over the course of a career, like time will tell. But if you start to look at things from that lens, what is a good year for Connor Bedard? Well, it sounds like like he's being pumped up to be a point of game guy. Okay, and so I, like, are you good with eighty two points? I think that's unfair. I think it's unfair to expect an eighteen, nineteen year old kid to come into the NHL and score, especially for a team that's not very good. I think if he scores sixty points, mm-hmm. I'd say that's a really good season. Okay, so comparatively, Connor McDavid's first year in the National Hockey League was cut short due to an injury. Okay, 45 games played, 16 goals, 32 assists, 48 points. Yeah. So just a just a tad over a point per game. Yes. Is that 
is that kind of realistic? Like, are, are you looking at 82 to 95 points for Bedard? I think, I, I mean, look, if, if the kid hits 82 to 95 points, I think you, you, you're screaming bonafide superstar. I just feel like it's it's the, the pressure, especially in a city like Chicago, which has a rabid fan base, one one that that is going to place unreal expectations on this kid from day one, yeah. right? Like they're already thinking this kid's going to win them another Stanley Cup, and I and I and I feel like that's un, it's just so unfair to place those expectations on someone. Like I said, if he if he hits sixty points, to me that's a phenomenal season for an eighteen year old kid. So here's the other aspect of it because again, as we talked about, skates like McDavid, shoots like Matthews. Austin Matthews rookie season. Oh, I remember he had four goals in his very first NHL game. 82 games played, 40 goals. Yeah. He scored 40 goals. That's 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 insane. It's unreal. Now, there's a difference between Bedard and Matthews. Matthews is a big, big kid. Connor Bedard, a little bit slighter, but very, very thick. He is built. I don't think the size is going to be much of an issue for Bedard because he's got the speed. I think he's got the skill in tight, and, and the shot's just different. It comes off the blade different. So with all that being said, like, I think point per game is realistic where he should be. And and the reason that I say that is when you get these younger players infused into the National Hockey League with where the game is right now, right? Like when when McDavid and Matthews broke in, it was a different game even five, six years ago. Yeah. Right? Like it was still tough for highly skilled, incredibly fast players to even break away and get their looks. And and to me, with where the game is right now, the amount of players that are are hitting 100 points, the amount of um, suspect goaltending, to, to, to like be nice about it, I don't know that like 82 points is out of the realm for, for Connor Bedard. And like let's not forget, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin hit 100 points their rookie seasons. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, just, I mean, but, 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 but those guys are Hall of Famers. They, they are... First ballot Hall of Famers, but I, that's the generational talent. And argument, I understand right? that that's that's the expectation, right? Like that's the expectation. But I think at some point we have to ask ourselves: is it is it an unfair expectation? Now, obviously, if this kid's as good as everyone says he is, mm-hmm. then he should be right around what what you're 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 putting out there. But I mean, we've seen guys, and 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 look, we we heard Lafreniere was going to be an unreal player in the NHL. He struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you could say well where he's played, who he's played with, but he he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations. Which is why you need to put and surround him with players. And the Blackhawks have, have gone ahead and, and, and they've and done that. They've, and they put they put two pretty good players around him. That's why I, I do really like what Kyle Davidson has been able to do, not just from a troll perspective in videos oh, on the, that was uh, phenomenal. On, on Lower that Broadway. That was great. It was one of the greatest things. And if you don't know what we're talking about, um earlier this week, Kyle Davidson, ahead of the first round of the draft, just kind of decided to clear his head. Right, like he he was in a hotel, he was doing the work, all that stuff, and just wanted to get out of the hotel room, get out of the four walls that he was staring at, and decided to walk around Lower Broadway. Well, there happened to be somebody that was conducting interviews, and it was heavily slanted toward the Chicago Blackhawks, which yes. is really funny, right? Like yes. you've got the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, and if you don't know what Kyle Davidson looks like, he's an unassuming dude. Yeah, like you're not going to pick him out. Of a lineup, like he is just—he just looks like a guy. He just looks like a guy, like yeah. a young guy walking around Nashville. So 
he decides initially, like, ah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then he comes back. He circles back around and had to wait. This is the, this is the, the, the context of it. He had to wait for two other people to be interviewed, <laughs> for him to be interviewed, okay? And it was essentially, the, like, the questions were, okay, who are you? Where are you from? He's like, I have Kyle from Chicago. Oh, great. Chicago. Like, you, you consider yourself a hockey fan? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty in tune to hockey. Like, I didn't play professionally some people say i don't know what i'm doing but like i'm i'm yeah i like hockey then he was asked to name for 20 seconds right 20 seconds nhl players like how many players can you list in 20 seconds and the funniest thing about it is like this is the moment where i was nervous because like i'm the general manager of the chicago blackhawks yes. like i've got to know i should know a lot of names and I'll just, don't let me don't let my mind go blank right like don't have a carry price moment and so Davidson like just starts, you know, listing off Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and then he essentially lists every single Chicago Blackhawk that has played between like 2010 and the two that he acquired over the course of the week, which yeah. I thought was a, a tell, but hey, it is what it is. So he does the interview, and then the final question had me dying. <laughs> the interviewer just says, Okay, do you believe that the NHL rigged the draft lottery for the Chicago Blackhawks? And he just says, Not a chance. Yeah. No hesitation. Yeah, and then it's like, how confident are you? Really calm, extremely confident. Yes, yeah. it, it's one of the greatest videos you're going to see. Um, and then it, the, the the best part about it, he's like, yeah, I'm. So the, the interview's done, and he just pokes the guy. He's like, hey, I'm I'm Kyle Davids. I'm the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks. He's like, no, come on, not a chance. <laughs> and then on social media, the interviewer puts it out there. And he's like, okay, so the uh, I got to do this with the. General manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. So Kyle Davidson, good sense of humor. Yes, very Kyle good. Davidson likes to have a little bit of fun, and Kyle Davidson improved his team exponentially. It's not going to turn them into a playoff team, but he improved them enough that I believe Connor Bedard's expectations should be really high. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like it's it's always unfair for an eighteen year old kid. Now, look, I mean, maybe maybe. You're completely right. Like maybe the kid is going to be an absolute stud, and he's going to be a point of game guy right off the bat. I just, I, I guess I'm just a bigger believer in you allow these guys time to to grow into the game. I mean, it you you go from playing against kids essentially mm -hmm. yeah. to now playing a man's game. Like it is now a man's game. Like there is no no other. There, there, there's no time for for you to go through the learning curve if you're. Connor Bedard, and and I feel like, I mean, it's it's tough because you look at the you look at the Blackhawks roster, mm -hmm. it's not good, like it, it it's really well, not good. I mean, no, you you've, you've got you've got, but it's better today. Yeah, I mean, but but you've got guys like Taylor Radish. He's not a bad uh, player, no, but but it's it. If he's one of your top six skaters, I don't know if that makes you a you know. Well, I, I don't. I would argue he's not. No, I, but I mean, Colin Blackwell, Mackenzie Entwistle, like these are these are. You're picking like. But but some of these guys are fringe NHL players. But I feel like you're cherry picking those. No, like you've look, got there, you've there's, got there's Taylor good, Hall. You've I like got Lucas the, Reichel. I think he's yeah, a good player. He'll be fine. I mean that that might be your 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 first line, right? Like Bedard, Hall, and Reichel. But behind that, it's like oh. I, I like Andreas Anthony to see you. I think he's he's a good player. No, like, see, here's the thing. They're going to be fast. Yeah. And, and maybe, fast maybe that's the way they want to play. I think that's exactly the way that they want to play because why? 
How does Connor Bedard play? Fast. He plays fast. He's in your face. He's up and down. And then he's got the individual skills to be able to finish off. I mean, I think the, the, the thing is, you, you draft this kid. Now you need to build your team and mold your team around him. Mm-hmm. He's the centerpiece of your franchise. He's your new Jonathan Taze. He's your new Patrick Kane. You need to build the franchise around him. And look, here, here's, the, here's the other aspect. If you stink, that's good. Sure. That's, yeah, that's, I agree. If you're the Blackhawks, you want to stink again this year because you want to be in a position to draft another guy who you can put in there and you, you have your Batman and Robin. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I just looked up the the Blackhawks roster. It's, it's not, not great. Good. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. Like listen, they are better than not good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they they are better than terrible. Yes. <laughs> so they've upgraded to not good. But again, like Connor Bedard can change that. Connor Bedard can be a difference maker. And I, I'm not saying that he has to come in here and be a point of game player. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that the expectation placed on this kid, they're sky high. So would you be disappointed if he only had sixty five only had sixty five points? I, I'm not I'm not ever disappointed with with what an eighteen year old or a nineteen year old okay. does in their first but, season. But, 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 let's take you out of the equation. How if Connor Bedard's like a 65 point player, I think Blackhawk fans are going to be disappointed. Okay. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, okay. I think bit with with what has has transpired and how much he's been pumped up, I absolutely believe that Blackhawk fans, if they're if they're being honest with themselves, their expectations for Bedard are exactly what they were for the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid, exactly what they were for Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs, exactly what they were for Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins because when you are lumped into that category, that's where your baseline is, rightly or wrongly. So for Bedard's sake, I hope he comes in and lights the world on fire. Yeah. Yeah, because Chicago is is a tough city to play in. Mm-hmm. Their fans have very, very high expectations. I just I mean, I just feel like if this kid doesn't have a point of game, there's gonna be people who are already out there calling him a bust, and I think that's unfair. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent that it that it would be unfair to to look at a productive season as not living up to expectations. I mean, look at look at the look, perfect example. Look at the Golden Knights this year. Mm-hmm. How many how many sixty point players do they have? Eichel. I think that's it. Yeah, might be. So possible. So, but the, but that's that's a totally different argument. That yeah, we're talking because about you because have a really good team. That's but, but that and and that's why the trades the trade yesterday and the signing of Ivan Barbashev. Like as as much as you get up in arms about the personal attachment, right? From a hockey perspective, the Golden Knights are trying to ink three guys, yeah. four guys, you got, right? Because you got to get Brett Howden back. I just think that you, you, you're trying to double down on being deep when everyone around you is... Making themselves more shallow. Yes. Well, look at like that's like the we, winning equation. We here. we spent a ton of time talking about how the L.A. Kings went with the anti Golden Knight blueprint, and they they traded away depth role players who are pretty good and still have the ability to get better. I feel like they like that's not the winning formula, especially when you don't have a goalie. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's the goalie aspect. There's you're, you're, you're expecting defense, some some the, some really young guys to come in and play big time hockey. But again, if Bedard is kind of that guy, especially the way that it's been 
propped up the last three months, four months, five months, the buzz that's surrounding him, I, I think that you're talking about a player that can create his own offense, well, like even, we, even at the NHL level. The only the only comparable player, in, in since I've been doing this, is Lafreniere. Like, the buzz for him was, oh, he's a generational talent. I don't think that that was... I don't, I don't think that's the case. But I don't, I don't think that... Like, I feel like when, when you watch Bedard, and granted, I, I've only watched, like, watching him when when he's been available to watch on television yeah he's better than Lafreniere like he he's he's better than i think any player who we've seen drafted in the last 6 or 7 years i don't i don't think that that's a direct comparable Bedard and Lafreniere I just you, you, don't. You, you don't. You don't think there was a there was that buzz for Lafreniere? Like, but, oh my God, like, he's going to the Rangers. He's buzz, gonna he's gonna put them over the top. Buzz, yes, but I, I still think that there were concerns as to whether or not he was going to go number one. I don't think it was as sure a thing as as we're remembering it. See, I thought it was was a slam dunk. I just I, I, I seem to remember it. Maybe maybe I'm I'm, I'm incorrect, but I, I thought it was pretty much a slam dunk that this kid's going to be. Remember, Montreal really wanted him because he's a French Canadian kid. And, well, that that doesn't have anything to do with the player. That's just <laughs> that's, that's just what they prefer. Yes, within their organization. Yeah, speaking of French Canadian kids who want to play in Montreal, <laughs> Pierre Luc Dubois not getting his wish. <laughs> well, I mean, like, come on, what are, like what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, yeah. I I'll be honest with you. I I absolutely expect. Connor Bedard to be better than Alexi Lafreniere, but you, but you, you're, but I also like that you're on record saying that you don't think it would be a disappointment if he had sixty points. Kids, that's a, kids, that's, a, that's kids, a really good season. Kids breaking into the league yeah. don't ever disappoint me. Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy ever. Yeah, right, like ever. And the context of the team matters. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it matters what Bedard is walking into. Right, like it matters that Seth Jones is your best defenseman, and that's saying a lot and not a lot at the same time. Yeah. Like as 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 much as Seth Jones has been propped up over the course of his career, especially when he when he was with with Columbus, like he's not a great puck mover. Yeah, right. Like he's not going to be a guy that that necessarily feeds that offense, but that matters. I still believe Bedard is good enough to create his own offense, create his own opportunities at this level, and when you are at the level of, of being compared to a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews, the thing that, st- that sets those guys apart, it doesn't matter if they're on a bad team, it doesn't matter if they're playing with, with grinder types or really high IQ, high skill guys, it doesn't matter the circumstance, their talent finds a way. Yeah. Their talent brings things to another level, and I believe Bedard is that. I just do. I mean, I, I I think the expectation right now is that he's he's their best player. Oh, not even close. Now, to be fair, playing alongside Taylor Hall, and I would expect that he'll play alongside Taylor Hall. That's going to help tremendously. Start, it should help because again, you're talking about a high draft pick. You're talking about a guy that's been through this before with other number one overall picks. Like, yeah, if there's somebody that can help away from the rink, it's Taylor Hall. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Yeah. It's going to be big. All right. If you want to go to Battle for Vegas, celebrity softball game, here's your chance to win a pair of tickets. 702-876-1340. The game is July 22nd at the Las Vegas Ballpark. 702-876-1340. Caller number seven. 
You're going to battle for Vegas. We got one-timers next on the VGK Insider Show. Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. One-timers, news and notes from around the NHL. I want to bring it back to our conversation with Darren Millard earlier today, hour number one. First segment, he uh, he talked about the, the, the chip back. Like, when, when you go and get chips, like he was talking about runners going back and forth between the teams, getting grabbing things. There's nothing in the world that makes me more frustrated than the air inside of a chip bag. Because... I'm paying for a bag of chips, not a bag of air. Yes. And I love the idea that this kid went, all right, cool. I'm going to open up three bags. I'm going to put them in one bag, and I just got one bag of chips. I love yeah, it. That's great. It's brilliant. It, it makes so much sense. Especially when they're free. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're, if you're going to, like, be okay with the amount of air in a chip bag, it probably makes sense when they're free. Yes, to yes. To not get so no, upset I about I it. No, I wouldn't buy like three bags and do it. But like that's the thing that bothers me the most whenever I buy a bag of chips. I hate buying bags of chips. Hate it. Yeah. Because I'm al- I'm already down 60% of what I paid for. Yeah, but see, they, they, they do it by weight. But like, who brings a scale to the grocery store with them? Like, oh yeah, it is eight ounces. <laughs> Not me. No, not me either. So so they could be lying to us and we don't even know. Like at some point, chip bags are only going to be filled 25% of the way. Yeah. And we're still yep. going to buy them. Yeah. What's your what's your go-to chip? Oh, man. I like Cool Ranch Doritos. You know what? I, I, I like those popcorners. And I don't know if that technically qualifies as a chip. I mean, it looks like a chip. But I don't know if it's a chip. You know what? I, it, I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm putting this out there knowing I'm going to get crushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought rice cakes that are dill pickle flavored. Okay. Phenomenal. Granted, you have to like pickles, but I, I asked about chips, like potato chips. I'm not I'm not talking about like the healthy popcorn. I'm t- I'm not talking about rice cakes that are are flavored. Okay. What is your go-to I, potato chip, Chapman? I like Uts. Uts okay. kettle chips. Okay. I'm a big fan of Uts. I just, I know some of them are hard to find out here. Just regular? No, I I they have they have a Crab, Maryland crab flavor chip. Really? Which you cannot find out here. Huh. If Did you not know that. Oh, uh, but it doesn't taste like crab. It tastes like the spices and the seasonings that you would put on like a Maryland crab cake. Oh, okay, nice. So good. I gotta try that. Made by Utz. I'm a jalapeno guy. Yeah, I'm not all the time. Or like Maui onion. Oh. What? Onion? What do you mean? Oh. Oh, onion. Have you ever had Maui onion chips? Yeah. That purple bag? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're amazing. No. Okay, yeah. I like Cape Cod. Cape Cod makes good chips too. So, so you would you would fill up four bags worth of the crab? Oh, without crab a potato. doubt. Okay, and I, and I got Mrs. Chapman hooked on them too. Really? Yes. Okay, good yeah. job, good job, well done. Um, Hockey related information, not draft ancillary related re- uh, information. Darren Millard did catch up with assistant director of player personnel Bob Lowe's to kind of overview. For the Golden Knights, what uh, what they were able to accomplish over the course of the uh, NHL entry draft, and also give a little bit more information on the four newest Vegas Golden Knights. When we talked to you going into the draft, you talked about the different possibilities, and uh, we went down a couple of paths. How do you sum up what you guys walk away with? Well, we were pretty uh, pretty excited. Uh, we didn't have many picks, but I think we did a very good job of getting quality. 
uh, with what we uh, what, with what we had. Uh, so we're really excited. Yeah, your first round pick, at number 32 overall, seemed to fit the whole theme of the Stanley Cup playoffs, being a strong two-way player. Yeah, he's a big, strong way, a strong two-way forward uh, that uh, you know that's going to give us some power in the middle. Uh, you know, you see some of the players that we played against, uh, like Anton Lundell and stuff like that, uh, much like that type of player. David Enstrom goes to uh, Vegas with 32 pick, and then he goes 77th. And Matthew Cataford from the QMJHL in Halifax. Yes, he's a kind of a Swiss Army knife. He plays any forward position. Uh, he's done it. He does it throughout the game. He plays both specialty teams. Uh, he's a real energy guy. He works really, really hard. He's strong on pucks, and uh, we were really excited to get him in that area. He had some personality too in, in speaking to him. Uh, what was he like during the interview process? Uh, very confident. Uh, you know, he went high in the Q, uh, Q draft, and he's, he's a player that just continually wants to prove how good he is and has a has a real passion for the game. And then you go down the finish path uh, a couple of occasions. Uh, Ardu Karki. Yeah, big. Uh, 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 you know, a taller defenseman that's still really, really raw. Very, very intelligent. Uh, like a lot of, if you see a lot of the Finnish players in the NHL, uh, there's a, you know, they're very, very intelligent players. They're very good team players. Uh, he's a really good puck mover. Uh, he's, you know, the de defense is on the come a little bit because he's still quite raw. But uh, we really like uh, his range and his ability to get the puck moving up ice. Yeah, it was forwards and then the defenseman, and then he went back uh, up front, uh, Thomas Serona. Yeah, Thomas Serona is an interesting player in that he uh, played as an underage in the under-18s two years ago, and then, uh, you know, was expected to do, you know, kind of going into this year to probably be maybe a little bit more uh, projected to go a little bit higher. He kind of had a... a, a, a a conflicting year, I'd say, in that he was really, really good in his junior league. Some of the national stuff that he played wasn't maybe as flashy, but our guys really feel confident that there's a lot of skill there, untapped skill. Uh, it's just got to work on his consistency. Looks like you were able to capitalize on, on a couple of players that came back to you. Yeah, we were really excited where we had these guys on our list, and it's easy to say that, but uh, it really did work out that way. and. Uh, you know, we were crossing our fingers and having the last pick in some rounds. You're kind of waiting for everything to unfold, and we were patient. Uh, we, we, we made some calls to see about moving around and that, but in, in the end, we stood patient and uh, good things happened. The next step is development camp, which yeah. goes right away. What do you look for uh, when you get these players together with some of the others that are still in the organization previously? Yeah, you just kind of get, get to know them a little bit. I think it's just... Really, an introduction. We we know the kids already, or what they look like. I think for the organization, it gives everybody else, like Kelly and George and Vaughn and and uh, our st other staff, to to kind of get to know the player and what they look like, what their strengths and weaknesses are, uh, and just get them indoctrinated into our culture. And a real thrill it must be just being able to hang out with me for a couple of days here. <laughs> That's been my favorite part of the whole weekend, or two days. I two keep days. saying weekend because I, I know it's the middle of the week. I keep thinking it's Saturday because yeah. you do. You've, you've done this forever, yeah. And it's always been Friday, Saturday. I keep saying to the guys, "Geez, I feel like it's Saturday," but 
no, it's been great. Now we get to have a weekend. Yeah, that, that's right. Perfect. Yeah, I get to go to dev camp on the yeah. weekend. I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah, see you there. Bob Lowe's. That was Darren Millard alongside Bob Lowe's. Just kind of breaking down the Golden Knights. 48 hours at the draft. I, I, I keep also wanting to call it a weekend, but it's it's not necessarily a weekend. Um, but hey, the Golden Knights, four new players brought into the fold. And it'll be interesting to see what that looks like over the course of development camp and what uh, what's in store for the Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Moving along here, everyone's favorite player, Corey Perry, traded to the Chicago Blackhawks from Tampa Bay Lightning for a 2024 seventh round pick. Um, so Corey Perry is not signed. Chicago can negotiate. I wonder if he is interested at all in playing alongside Connor Bedard. You start to think of net front presence. You start to think of what it takes to win. Corey Perry has been prolific in just making it to the Stanley Cup final year after year after year, except for when he didn't, which was this past season. But the fact of the matter is, like again, it's another player, if they're able to get him signed, right? Another player that you bring into the organization that knows how to win, that's been through it before as a young player trying to bust through and, and with expectations. Like, I, I I, don't hate it. No, especially if you're able to get him re-signed on a, on a friendly deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Chicago makes the move if they don't have something in store. It's a seventh-round pick. Yeah, but... You know, you you want to keep draft picks, obviously. So, I don't think they would just throw it away. But I, then again, I don't. What, what do I know? Okay, um, this one's more interesting to me. Kyler Yamamoto and Klim Costin to Detroit for future considerations. Done deal. Done deal. What is Edmonton doing? They're clearing cap space for a. My guess is a defenseman for an Eric Carlson. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know like what's in store for the Edmonton Oilers. And the reason that I say I don't know, they still don't have a lot of cap space. Like They still th- yeah, don't have very much to work Yamamoto with. Yamamoto wasn't making a ton. No. I think he might still be. I don't think he's still on his rookie deal. But So so here's the thing with the Edmonton Oilers. They've got $8.1-ish million in cap space right now. That's this moment. They've got 17 players under roster. They've got on their roster. They've got eight forwards signed. They've got seven defensemen signed, and two goaltenders. So like they're they're set up in goal. You would imagine. Yeah, I, mean, unless, I think Stuart like, Skinner's their guy. And unless I'm sure you he's... can unless you can find somebody that will take a gently used Jack Campbell. They're set up in goal. Yes. Right? But like they've got to fill out a roster, and they've got eight million to work with. And the two players that they sent out actually did something for them in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I know how we, you mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh-huh. Teams in the, the Golden Knights division trading away depth. Oh, and you've got to get Evan Bouchard signed. Where I, I think I saw that their general manager said it's, it's absolutely going to be a bridge deal. <sighs> okay. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck with that. I... I am very intrigued by the Edmonton Oilers. I wonder what they're going to well, look like. Well, y- you have to think that they're... I mean, then again, you don't have to think. But my thought process is they're they're obviously gearing up to make a move. But I, I just don't... I don't think that that... I don't, a, I don't think... It, it clearly doesn't clear enough cap space for a guy who makes $11.5 million. 
And you still, as you mentioned, have to get... Well, you've got to get salary retained. <laughs> you, Come on. You, you've got to get a bunch of other guys signed. Um, can you win in the National Hockey League with two guys making $21 million? Well, clearly it hasn't worked for Edmonton. I, I mean, I know it hasn't worked, but I guess... I don't, it, I don't think you can. Broader strokes, can you do it? Until they prove otherwise, no, you, you can't. I... I don't disagree with you. Like, as good as McDavid and Dreisaitl are. You need more. They got caved in when those two guys weren't on the ice. Yeah. I mean, the reason they lost that series to the Golden Knights is William Carlson took Evan or took Leon Dreisaitl right out of the yep. game. Yep. From game two on. And McDavid couldn't do it all on his own. I mean, he tried, but I, he couldn't. I don't get this. I mean, listen, I think Edmonton has to be all in. Like, you've got three more years of Connor McDavid and two more, two more years of Leon Dreisaitl. And anything that you pay McDavid is a discount. He's that good. Yeah. Like, Connor McDavid. Like, he could make $20 million Con- a year. Connor McDavid should be making, like, $25 million if, if a Connor, year. If Connor McDavid played in the NBA yeah, and his 100%. skill set was 100%. what was... was He'd be maxed out. He'd probably be making $45, $50 million a year. He should 100% be making double what he's making right now. Yeah. 100%. And now, even then, even then, it's probably not enough. Now, if I'm McDavid, I'm signing two-year deals. Like, when I hit UFA, I'm signing two-year deals, and I am riding the wave yeah, of the to, salary yeah. cap. I'm, I'm doing it because I want to make money. But, like, Dreisaitl's 8.5. And it's probably going to go up. It's hundred percent going up. So, but 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 you're you're assuming they're going to be the team that that, that gets them. Like if I'm Leon Dries, let's just paint the picture for a moment. If the Edmonton Oilers do not win a Stanley Cup before 2025, why would Leon Dreisaitl I'm stay? Out. I'm out. Why would he stay? I'm out. You can make more money somewhere else, and you might actually have a chance to legitimately win. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like him. Oh, it's going like to be an every team. It's going to be an interesting two years for the Edmonton Oilers. Part of part of me wants to see them win because I want to see McDavid win. But then there's there's the other part of me that says, God, I want to see them fail because it would be so epic. You're petty. No. Huh. Maybe a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Those are your one-timers for today, Thursday, June 29th. Catching up with Chapman is next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, well, the date is June the 29th, so it's my wife's birthday. Just want to take the opportunity to wish Junko a very, very happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Chapman. Yeah, I tweeted it out, but not everyone has Twitter. So um, we will be celebrating going to a restaurant of her choice. Have not figured out which one yet. Hmm. Uh, We... Last year we went to uh, Shanghai Taste, which was it's in Chinatown. It's a dumpling place, phenomenal. They make the dumplings right in front of you. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, not sure what we're gonna do, but I can assure you, it's probably gonna be an Asian restaurant. And uh, you know, we actually really like this Indian restaurant right here in Flamingo and Durango. It's called Mint. Okay. If you like Indian food, it's really good. Their buffet for lunch is phenomenal. But uh, we may go there. I'm not sure. But uh, she wanted, uh, she wants to go someplace cool. And uh, we like to try new things, so uh, we'll see. We'll see, but I can assure you it's probably going to be an Asian restaurant. At what point do I try sushi again? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, see, I'm, like, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. I think you just go all in. I don't know that I could do that. I'm, I'm nervous. I, I know, I know. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about I, I that. I share because when I was 
younger, uh-huh. I got into a night where I had too much to drink. Sure. And I was drinking something called a creamsicle, mm. which is a TGI Fridays thing. Sounds and it's 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 bad. like that orange with vanilla. Oof. And it was so good going down. Yeah. Not good coming back. Right. I cannot eat those popsicles anymore because it reminds me, even though I was I was young, like maybe not even legal. And yeah. uh, I'm sure the statute of limitations has expired, hey, so I can fine. say that. You're but fine. it's been almost 30 years, and I don't think I can. I still have not been able to get over it. Like I want to, but I'm terrified. Oh, you got to uh, do it. Maybe Just, I'll do it on hiatus. Yeah, yeah. If you get sick, no one, no one will know. Or no one one will have more to. show <laughs> tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.